0: Because you want to live in the forefront of your times, in ideals, and in sacrifice, you have elected this.
1: Live from Manworth Boulevard, it's Paul and Hi, Z. Hi, Z. Our audio quality isn't, oh God, oh God, we're talking over the top of each other already.
0: (laughs) Oh no, all right. What we're trying to do here is, uh, oh wow, thank you very much. I'll explain why I'm saying thank you in a second. I am not in the same room as Rachel. Rachel's not in the same room as me. We're using the, well, free technology available to all podcasters to uh, have a little chat skis. Rach, you're inside your bedroom waving at me, hi, (laughs) and I. Beautiful downtown Cooma, which is an hour south of Canberra, and it's. Uh, I'm here for work. We're doing a little TV show here tonight, but I thought, bugger it, I'm not going to miss me potty. We're not going. We're not going to let the dear people down yet again. So here it is, you and me chatting and, and looking at each other through a camera.
1: Question: The first, why are you in Cooma? What is there?
0: Well, you see, that's where my nose for news takes no. Um, <laughs> what's what happened is so. So we decided um that you know look it's easy to sort of you know just go let's do the show from brisbane let's do the show from melbourne now we'll do all of that but in this election year i just went but i want to go and see some other people in other places so we're doing a few marginal seats in country towns and then we're going to country towns where like the unemployment rate's 30 percent or something so it's all just about trying to Actually, dare I say, have a conversation with people outside of Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, not patronize and go, so tell me your problems.
1: That's very mad of the people of you.
0: Well, I just, what's this thing where if you've got a telly show, like, why not do it a little different? Like, four out of the five nights, we'll sit there and bang on about, you know, Turnbull Shorten and all the city stuff. But I want to know, well, okay, what do people, you know, in country towns think about it? Like, what do they think of Bill Shorten or negative gearing or the Republic or same sex marriage rather than just politicians telling us all the time you know when
1: pm live goes on the road what's your entourage like
0: um i will hold a
1: camera (laughs)
0: up it's actually surprisingly big see all that that's all us no that's all me i've got one two three three sort of ob things and then we've got people working the crew which is another three cars so honestly fair when we hit the road we do a proper and there's about eight people helping
1: Oh, my good. God, this is like real television. What about the fact that you enjoy a drive? Because this for you would be like, oh, great, I can get in the car and drive. I love this stuff. Is everybody on your team in the same boat or are they a little bit, muzz, could you keep the ideas down to sort of the ones that you do in the studio?
0: Yeah, this is one of those ones where, and you've been through this process, Rach, where I really led the discussion. <laughs> I think that's the best way to put it. No, 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 let's. That's a great idea. Great. Oh, great shot on the webcam.
1: Oh, oh. I'm trying to shut the windows because I think there might be a bit of wind audio. Can you do that
0: again, please? No. Okay, well, <laughs> I feel like 3.0 with that image that I just got. Uh, but you know, this is how much staff we've got. I've even been handed a uh, menu, and that's why I said thank you before, it was beautiful Kate, who's our producer on the road brings me the dinner menu.
1: Okay, I, I've done your show a number of times, and granted there's a lot of stuff that happens behind walls that I am not privy to, but it seems like there's a, a lot more fussing when you're out on the road than there is when you're actually in the television studio. I don't know
0: what's going on. Look, apart from I'm sure there is the, the technical side of it, I don't know, people are watching. So yeah. <laughs> people are, uh, yeah, the public's walking around, well, it's, it's, no, but it, the good thing is the team at Sky, look, everyone's going to go, oh, yeah, you're going to see this. But seriously, like the Sky News OB people, they're so good, like really, really good and technically good. And like normally when you go somewhere, you've got to go and take an OB van and satellites and all this stuff. Um, they're so used to getting in and getting out quickly. So unlike, say, Sunrise Today or whatever, when they do those, those, those OBs, the crews are like they're three days before, right? These guys can get, you know, in and out. And in terms of setup, they can do like two-hour setups, pull the pin and get going. So... Because we're only an hour away from Canberra, most of the team are sort of Canberra-based, I think. Mm. So it's fun. So the plan is the next little while I'll I'll be, oh,
1: wow. (laughs) Don't. I'm trying to shut my windows without you looking.
0: Okay, all right. (laughs) I I, I promise I'll look away. (laughs) You're listening to Paul and Rach. Now, Rachie, enough about my world. What's happening in your style?
1: Oh, P. Mazzarino, it is not as exciting over here in the world of our Corbett, and I will tell you why. Something's gone on. (laughs) What?
0: Do I need to soothe you?
1: (laughs) No, you certainly do not need to soothe me. So you know, we've spoken about it ad nauseum on this podcast that I'm going through the process of helping Ronnie C. go through his shit. Now I have no-
0: now. though was a real turning point because last week you were fired up. Oh Kate, watch this. Um, can I get the schnitzel? <laughs> um, oh, no, that's fine. Just a chicken schnitzel. Do they do garlic bread or something? No, that's right. Just a chicken schnitzel and a coke. And- oh, there you go. Garlic bread. Yeah, thank you. Good on you. Oh, I've just been told don't get used to it. I'm getting used to it. (laughs) Uh,
1: So obviously, you know, the thing with Ronnie C, it's going to have an emotional impact. We've heard it in my voice the last couple of weeks. I'm a little fired up about the whole situation, but it's had an unintended consequence. And that is that over the process of the last week and a half, I have gotten down to a cellular level of life admin. I have obviously been so affected by years of my father's shit and the punish that it is to go through years of shit that over the weekend, I spent most of my weekend doing the kind of cleaning that involved going through old USBs to see what was on them, organizing my hard drive. I've, I've oh. been through every single cupboard and drawer in my room. I have thrown out about nine or ten bags of stuff to Vinnie's. I am getting into that stage where I am almost about to build a tiny house.
0: So what's going on? Why? What? Just because you're so desperate to not follow, you know, the model of your dad yeah. that you want to, like, essentially you're taking a position here that I won't lie, is a little bit sort of um, Al-Qaeda-like <laughs> where you're just at any moment preparing to leave us. <laughs> Is that what you're doing? Like, you're not leaving around any evidence of a life. Like, it's like, you know, you're like, or dare I say, part of a CIA. You're one of those people that's just like, I'm out.
1: This is it. I've got no footprint, right? It's like, not just no carbon footprint, but no footprint at all. It's like, I wasn't even here. There's just something right. that's obviously got under my skin about the process of getting rid of this shit that has made me reassess my life. In the most OCD of ways. I was sitting in front of the television and I did do a little bit of relaxing time at the same time as I was going through USBs, but I had a moment where I had, and I'll uh, just a moment, I'll show you. Wait one second.
0: Jeez, what fun Saturday nights this must be for 2.0. Rachel's run away from the camera, by the way, everyone. So I could say anything or whenever she's running back.
1: <laughs> I have no idea what you said, and I'll find that out Fantastic. when I edit. <laughs> <laughs> I now have. A bag. I don't even know if you can see this. <laughs> but I've actually written on it, clear USBs.
0: <laughs> What's wrong with you, Dale? Okay, because obviously, you know, I was listening back to last week's show and, you know, you could tell it was starting to, to weigh down. But I think this week you might have actually broken, love.
1: This isn't me. This isn't me. A now, snap lock bag labelled... Clear USBs, because I've gone through all of these USBs, all of them, and cleared years of shit off them and made sure and filed them in the appropriate place.
0: Are you now so obsessed with cleaning that uh, 2.0 has to have a shower mid-route? <laughs> Keep the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. Rach, Paul and Rach's movie time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I made a mistake on the song?
1: intro.
0: Hello for Hollywood. <laughs> Something, something Hollywood. Do. Now, of course, uh, Oscars this week. Did you watch the show?
1: No, and I actually only realised when I looked at Twitter that it was on.
0: Oh right, well that's cool <laughs> because then you know, you didn't get sort of caught up in the who will and won't and all the rest of it. What? So you just on Twitter, everyone starts going, Chris Rock,
1: amazing. The first I heard of it was when Leo won. I just saw a tweet about Leo winning. I was like, oh, I mean, we were all the way through to the end of the night by the time I was, like, catching on that it was even happening.
0: The thing about the Oscars, and I used to be a massive Oscars head where I used to love sort of the Oscars party and having mates over to watch it and all the rest of it, but now these are days because there's like 900 award shows that lead up to the Oscars, there's no real mystery about who's going to win. And often, because Australia, for some reason, while we can be 21st century on some levels, we still get all the good movies like two months late. Like, mm. sure, we get Jurassic Park the same day as they get it in Japan, but God forbid being able to see Spotlight within six months mm. of it being <laughs> released.
1: What was it? I mean, I didn't see any of the... Was there anything stand out from the ceremony?
0: The, the biggest issue was because of the whole, you know, Oscar's so white, you know, God forbid thing that we've talked about before is just being a massive beat up. Um, of course, Chris Rock is the host, but he was hired before all of that stuff happened, right but he his entire monologue was about race right about black and da 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 he was really good the way like he had a go at Jada Pinkett Smith um, saying you know Jada Pinkett Smith boycotted in the Oscars is no different than me you know being boycotted from Rihanna's underpants I wasn't getting there (laughs) in which was very good but they overcompensated with endless black presenters like okay yeah we get it it's a diverse race Yeah. But what I love, though, is, is that, believe it or not, even the Sydney Morning Herald that, as you know, sometimes can be a little bit lefty and normally doesn't call anything out on this. Oh, well, thanks very much, Kate. Exactly. Yes, you can have a piece of gallop. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want say hi to my friend Rachel? She's yeah. here. just, we're just Rachel Corbett. Oh, I
1: know. Yeah, there you go. Legend.
0: She said that you're a legend.
1: Oh, thanks. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, you, you can't
0: hear her, can you? No, you can say uh, no. right. Rachel's a bit amused that you're getting me dinner. I
1: know, it is funny. I'm but a bit amused about it as well.
0: It's not going to happen full-time? It's <laughs> not just yeah. I was just so hungry, I had to eat. Oh, thank you. Do you, <laughs> do you, do you need any money? <laughs> no, it's, it's on Sky. It's on Sky. Oh, Rach, you got to come. you got to come with us some, so.
1: I'm coming next time for the OB just to have a holiday. Yeah,
0: good. Yeah, she's in. Oh God,
1: so thank fun. you, Kate.
0: Love you, doll. Thank you. Sorry, Rach, where were we?
1: I mean, really?
0: Oh, yeah, for the rest of the podcast, I should apologise to everyone because obviously I'm going to be eating.
1: <laughs> want to stay in touch head to the website
0: pollenrage.com.au
1: i got a really long questions for Paulie today oh let's do it bubba we all know this is just the wonderful bubble and squeak of Paul and Rach, when we just throw everything in that we can't really, we don't know if it's really going to make it to its own segment, so we just shove it all in the questions for Paulie Pot. And your facial expression tells me someone's brought you something else.
0: <laughs> just a chicken schnitzel. Oh, Rach.
1: come on now! <laughs> oh wow, it. you. I'm going to put that pitty. to one side. So here we go. The Mounted Police. Yes. They feel, to me, more old Sydney town show than law enforcement for the 21st century.
0: I don't disagree, and I don't understand why at protests, you know, full of lefties going, i, mean, I globalisation, woo! That for some reason that's where the horses turn up. I it's just, very strange.
1: I was driving home on my way to record this podcast today and just over the pedestrian crossing, a couple of mounted police just moseyed on in the great eastern suburbs of Sydney, and I thought, What crimes are you stopping from being committed on that noble steed?
0: (laughs) It does seem a little bit like, dare I say, the army band, where it's perhaps a little decorative. (laughs) Like, I'm not entirely sure that as we're fighting in Afghanistan, there needs to be somebody sort of, you know, going...
1: I get the sense that it feels like they're pets to me, like the police academy have gotten themselves a couple of horse pets and they need to just take them for a walk every so often. I don't know whether they actually do anything and also I've always thought that going into any kind of conflict situation on horseback really puts the horse in a situation that it doesn't need to be nor has ever asked to be.
0: Yeah well I think the whole fact that we have you know memorials for when it worked in World War One would perhaps (laughs) <laughs> a reason why. we need to pull back a little on the mounted police.
1: And also, where in the eastern suburbs is the stable?
0: Ah, it is at. Oh, can I say this? I think I can. Um, at Ranwick Racecourse, and also Centennial Park, and also at Fox Studios. There's little places here and there. But yes, that's where the main sort of mounting yard.
1: Oh, is. I see. I had the I had a vision of somebody's you know third floor apartment with Mister Ed's head <laughs> sticking out the window. Uh, <laughs> Second question, thanks in advance as a sign off on an email. Do you believe this is a passive aggressive? I'm think I'm putting thanks in advance because I'm not giving you an option to not do what I'm asking. Somebody who's written it, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's. No negotiation for sake, f- just get on and do it.
1: Yeah, right. Okay, got it. I'll, I'll keep that in mind.
0: Okay, so generally speaking, look, you can't overuse it, but it is the nuclear option of email. It is the come on, no more talk.
1: Uh, next question Do you feel bad when you buy old formula coddrel at the shops?
0: Um, I'll be honest, it's the first time I've considered this. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on. Do I feel bad? Well, only if it doesn't work.
1: No, my issue is that the old formula codril is the pseudoephedrine codril. So you have to actually go up to the pharmacist and ask and hand over your license. And I had to do that the other day because I find the normal codril does nothing. And I thought to myself, how do meth heads do it? How do they go up and, or, you know, I mean, because they're the, usually scratching and things. I'm in my yoga gear looking healthy and I still feel bad.
0: Because they don't buy anything from a place called Chemist Warehouse. They buy it from a guy called Kevin, <laughs> who's once driven past a chemist. <laughs> Methods don't actually fill anything out, Rach. You're listening to Paul and Rach. Rach, I don't like to mix the streams of, you know, uh, uh, politics in this podcast. Generally, this is about, you know, life, love yoga pants.
1: And titties. Um,
0: correct. And the contents of the top drawer of uh, next your bed, I think it is. Yes, yeah, from memory. <laughs> um, now, not denied. The, um, <laughs> I wanted to ask uh, Donald Trump, right? I know it's sort of fashionable for everyone to be a bit, uh, and, 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 you know, like Republican Party is getting crazy and wants to work out how he can't be the da 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 and all of this stuff. But am I really stupid in thinking if people vote for someone, they get who they voted for? You know, if, if America decides this is the guy they want to be their president, how is it any less legitimate than when they wanted Obama or they wanted Clinton or they wanted Bush, Reagan or anyone else? It's not like he's stealing the election, mm. but is it also wrong? And I think I have to make a confession here. I don't entirely hate him. What? Uh, now, 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 Muslim ban, obviously ridiculous, okay? Uh, failure to give it to the KKK, yeah, okay, I, I have problems with that. There's a few issues here and there. But the thing that I like about Trump, right, is, is he an egotist? Absolutely. Does he appeal to uh, their worst desires? Yeah, of course. The difference is, he is exactly like every politician I have ever met. It's just, they dress up appealing to your lowest possible things, as say Obama, hope and change. To have hope and change, you have to be hopeless and something needs to be so it needs to change. This guy's turning around saying, "Let's change stuff because it's."
1: But aren't you concerned that yes, okay, that's a wonderful sentiment to have and to want to change things? But the answers and the solutions that he is providing are neither plausible nor sane.
0: I, this one saying is that I'm saying this just between us as friends and the dear people listening. I know what you're saying makes perfect sense. I know that as John Oliver said, this will be the moment where we have where we go back in future Terminator (laughs) movies to fix, right? I get it. But there's something about the anarchy of it that I like. And also there's something that all these politicians bullshit all the time. And let's be honest too, the American government, unlike Australia or England or something, it's not all about one dude. Like We kid ourselves that one person can fix everything or one person can f*** it all up. But I honestly don't believe that he's going to be able to start a war because I don't think it comes down to presidents. I know we're being very serious for the Paul and Rachel podcast, but I just have to talk this through with somebody and I can't do it anywhere without somebody going, what's wrong with you? I know I'm making a mistake, but you and I have had this conversation before, often about women at uh, at work that uh, you need to talk me out of. Think of it as that. Think of, think of Donald Trump as somebody at the Christmas party that I'm asking too many questions about.
1: <laughs> Keep the guys
0: up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page.
1: I'm very sceptical about something, and you as a movie buff, I'm sure, could weigh in on this.
0: Please, cinephile.
1: S- cinephile. <laughs> One word reviews on movies, on books, on whatever. How is anybody buying that to explain if you're not quite up to speed with what I'm talking about this is when you pick up a book or you see a movie poster and the little in quotations thing is superb (laughs) the reality is that word could have been taken from a quote from the New York Times that was this is a superb piece of shit
0: (laughs) you know I'd never thought of that but it makes perfect sense that's exactly why they do it.
1: This is it. If you have only got a one word, that has been taken unbelievable. out. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it is unbelievable how bad this f- movie is.
0: Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au. Rach, just a quick one. Um, Have you watched that Here Come the Habibs or We Are the Habibs or whatever that garbage is?
1: I'm not a sucker for punishment, P-Mars.
0: Yeah, it's not that I want our review or my review to be taken out of context, but can I just say this? It's absolutely appalling. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to Paul and Rach. Now, Rach, I'm not going to lie. I've had a good week. I've had a great week, actually. It's just been sort of a bit of jet-setting here and there. I had the chance to go to Melbourne for about 16 hours for a wedding, which was really awesome. And I've got to say the thing about this wedding and there are people who listen to the podcast, so don't worry, I'm not going to be giving details away, is it was a small wedding. It was a wedding with maybe six, eight people that were at it. Seriously, with you and 2.0, who are seriously thinking about it this year, um, I, I cannot advocate the small wedding enough. Like I've been to big ones, I've been to lavish ones, I've been to, you know, uh, um, different location ones, and they're all great in their own way. But there's something about the sort of tight little intimate wedding It's really nice. Um, The only downside is that uh, once you've run out of small talk with six people, there's nowhere else to go.
1: (laughs) This is right up my alley because you know I am the smaller social gathering type of person. To me, your four- to six-person dinner is social Perfection. You put me in a room with 20, 30, 40 people, I'm scratching at my eyeballs and I'm freaking out. I just don't like too many people in the room. And this is where me and 2.0 have had a bit of a conversation about things because I'm very unfemale in this regard. I don't want a big wedding. I don't want 300 people. I don't want giant marquees and a giant church. I would really be 100% fine to just roll down to the courthouse, get it sorted pretty small and proper, and just be done with it. But, you know, he kind of wants a bit of a celebration. His mum would kill me if I had anything tiny. She wants to make it a big fuss. But I'm right on board with this idea of just having a small wedding with people that you care about you had it in new york really small bunch of people it's sorted you go out you have drinks you don't have all the faff and the around and whatever else and a million people i mean the one thing i will not accept and 2.0 and i are in agreement with this there will be no auntie you've never met i ain't meeting a relative at my wedding
0: yeah i'm with you but also you know what you can, you can still do the small wedding and make his mum happy, which is you have the wedding with 20 people and you include the mum and dad and that's mm. it. Because, because this is sort of the whole thing. I think that even sort of the mums and dads that we think want to go all in on the massive wedding. they will, Like if they are faced with, here's the compromise, you can either have palava wedding of which I will hate or we're going to just f- off and do it anyway. Mm. Guess what we going to do? She'll turn up in whatever park you want to name in Marrickville, and she'll be there.
1: The only thing I wondered was, is it acceptable, considering my intestinal situation, to have a gluten-free cake at my wedding?
0: Yes, of course it is. Is it? Because here's the truth. No one eats the cake. (laughs) Get the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page.
1: I might be about to say something good about the church. (laughs) And that's not just the garlic bread. (laughs) At a very controversial time for the church, I understand.
0: Here I say, I think you may be its one new follower this week.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Isn't George Pell hitting it out of the park? Oh, God.
0: So full of remorse.
1: Unbelievable. So I uh, am a regular choir member. I'm a member of a choir. We meet once weekly and we sing. It's not a religious choir, but we do practice in a church because churches are really happy to hire out their facilities for an exorbitant amount of money.
0: Are you pretending to be homeless just to get into the choir of Hard Knocks?
1: Yes, I am, and it's worked so fast. That's how she
0: knew the whole meth problem thing?
1: I was asking for a friend. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> so I've parked in the car park and I've not realised, as you eat that giant piece of schnitzel, I've not realised that I've parked in the caretaker's car park.
0: Well, hang on, doll. This is the person who keeps, keeps the, you know the flock comfortable.
1: I was unaware of it. I didn't see the sign. So I come back to my car at the end of choir after an hour and a half and there's a note on my car.
0: Please move your car, thanks in advance, the caretaker.
1: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So I've had a little read of the note and I thought, gee, these religious people are nice. I could get on board with this. Have a listen to this.
0: <laughs> I love that this is how you've learned about religion. This is how you've learned about the good side. Are you aware of the bearded dude who gave a lot of people, you know, food and fish and he washed the feet of hookers?
1: I'm very easily swayed. You do a nice little mock-up and an A4 piece of paper with a nice little logo there and some good words in it and I am on board. Amen. <laughs> let, me have a, let me have a read of this. Hi there, it says. Mm. We love being able to share our church car park with the local community. (laughs) (laughs) We know you have a really special reason, but we'd really appreciate it if in future you could avoid parking in this spot clearly marked as reserved for the residents of this house. Now, I thought that was a very nice, I I like that we know you have a really special reason. The
0: form letter, can you see sort of the little bits of thing on it where it's been photocopied a hundred times?
1: I actually, when I read it the first time and took a photo of it to talk about it on this podcast, I was thinking this is really delightful. But when I read it in this voice, which I think is the voice that it was intended in, I realised it's really f- passive-aggressive.
0: So let's move Rach back into the undecided column about religion. <laughs> yeah. You're listening
1: to Paul and Rach.
0: All right, well, that's a... Little Potty, thank you very much for listening to us today. We'll do a porno next week. It seems a little weird just to do it over the internet, even though every time I look at Rachel, I'm thinking of one. Ooh. Oh,
1: wee. <laughs> We'd love to say uh, that this was because we've gotten everything out, but really it's just because Paulie's got a snitzel that needs to get eaten ASAP.
0: That fat's not going to get inside my body by itself.
1: (laughs) Let's finish up with a very quick, we'll just do one five-star shout-out this week to somebody who sent a five-star review in to Stitcher, not in iTunes this time.
0: I've got to be honest, I had no idea what Stitcher was for ages until I worked out it's Android iTunes.
1: Mm, Yes, so you can actually put a little five-star review on Stitcher and we will see that as well. This one's been sent in by No Legs Dan from the USA.
0: (laughs) Oh, hey, brother, how are you?
1: Hey, good luck with that Donald Trump thing. Oh, we must. I wonder if I can get in contact with him and, and see if he's voting for Donald Trump. I'd love to know what our listener in the US, sort of, what their political sort of proclivities are.
0: Well, given that it's voluntary voting, I don't think our listeners vote.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. If
0: you give them the choice, they're going to go, see ya.
1: Yeah, not going to bother. No Legs Dan from the USA says, Paul and Rach have great chemistry, which lends itself to a very entertaining podcast.
0: <laughs> okay, so if we were putting up a poster, yep. we would just say, lends.
1: <laughs> see you next week. ta You're listening to Paul and Rach.